What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Pep Talk. I appreciate you guys tuning in every single week. It's been amazing. We love you guys. It's been a blast. Now, a couple of things I want to say. First off, thank you to Persistence Culture Media, always taking care of us. Thank you to Juan, my co-host. He's been killing it. And also thank you to the, thank you to the viewers, the listeners, and also the people who are DMing me, who are commenting. You know, we got people from Australia. We have people from Miami. We have people walking up to us saying, oh, we love your podcast. It was so inspiring. So, again, we don't take that. We don't take we don't take that lightly. It's been a blast and we really appreciate it. Now. Now, here we go. I want to introduce one of the godfathers, one of the OGs. We didn't think we'd ever have him on the show, but he's on the show. Let me introduce Arjun Ivatory, a.k.a. Six, the producer, the beat maker. Six took some time to sit with us to talk to us about things that some people haven't heard from his love for sports, his love for hip hop, his love for rock, how being in a talent show two years in a row was a big, big deal for him and how he was able to go to bars and perform with his band at the age of 12. And guess who was driving him? His dad. He also talks about his upbringing in Maryland. He talks about dropping out of med school. He talks about joining forces with Logic. But most importantly, he talks about his perseverance and how there was no way that he was going to quit until he achieved his goal. So ladies and gentlemen, give it up for six. Are we recording? Hey, that's got to be a good omen. Otis just sat down right next to me. Now he's gone. I love it. Like, you're welcome. Well, what's funny is that right now we're recording the audio. I'm sure the camera's not ready, but we can still use this as the beginning. Yeah, we can use it and then pan into something. You feel me? Is it really? It's been, it's been recording the whole time? <laughs> Somewhat? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, let's actually do this for real. One more time. <laughs> Everybody, what's up? Welcome to Pep Talk. I'm Pep. It's my boy Juan. And our special guest has no need for an introduction, but we're going to introduce him anyways. Executive producer, Grammy nominated, out of Maryland, my boy, sports activist, coffee connoisseur. Let's give it up, Arjun. Ivatory, a.k.a. Six. Yes, sir. Thank you, Let's guys. Go. Thank you, guys. Let's go. You know, it's just for my guys, Pep and Juan. You feel me? You know, this ain't nothing crazy. You know, I got to do it. It's a huge deal for us. All right, cool. Huge I'm happy deal to have for you. us, man. Perfect. No, I'm excited. So, man, how you been? What's going on? I'm good, man. You know, you know me just working all the time, just at the crib working, making new stuff. Yeah. Yeah, working on working on a new album, you know. So just oh. just you know trying to get inspiration. This is good though for me to get out the crib and do something else. So I'm 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 I'm, I'm definitely hyped. So it's funny because you brought it up, mm-hmm. and so I'm, I, I, that was gonna be later on. But man, the word is out. Obviously, you're working on a new album. How's yeah. it going? How's uh how's the inspiration coming? It's been oh, a, it's, been, it's yeah. been it's been a minute. It's it's been great, honestly. You know. Um, I didn't really know what we were doing. And then once 
once Logic got the idea of College Park, we kind of ran with that. You know, once he gets a concept going, it's, you know, full 100% in. So um, it's been really great, actually, because we were just working out in the studio and we actually had Castro back out with us. He was like our OG homie from back in the day. All the fans know about Castro. Mm -hmm. And then we had DJ Boss Player. So we had the OG squad, you know, um, doing stuff for this record. So I'm definitely excited for the fans to hear that. And the the music is great. The music is great, just saying. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I've been in the studio with you guys. It's great. No, I appreciate it. Yeah, it's yeah. going to be good I time. just barely heard it the other day for the first time. It's Hell crazy. Yeah. Fans no. are going to love this. I I'm hope just, so. I hope so. It's good to hear your ear from it, Juan, because like, I feel like you're you're still a fan, too. Yeah, day, no, so. I, it still comes back, and especially with seeing Castro now in it and Lenny back, right. all four of you guys together again, making an album and together. And Lenny's going crazy. crazy. Oh, saying. yeah. And you know what? Nice and, I was, and I feel like 2017, I would mess around. 2018, I got my bars. 2019, I actually like started rapping. Like now, it's the time. Like I'm just waiting for. You're talking about you, right? I'm talking about me. Big yeah, Pep, Big yeah. Pep, Big Pep needs a 16 on there. Yeah, nah, for sure. Um, <laughs> I like. I was like, yeah, for sure. All right, yeah, move, yeah. I'm moving on, moving on. Anyway, <laughs> yo, six. Let's talk about this, man. Let's talk about the first time that you and I met. Oh yeah, I was ready for this question because this is actually a great story. It's a. It's a, It yeah. actually this was like the the beginning, the domino effect to. I feel like where we're at now. Yeah, I'd say credit for Pep coming into the <laughs> circle. Well, me and Bobby Campbell. So this is when Pep still worked for Nobu. I did. And um, me and Bobby Campbell are one of our best friends who works with us too. Um, we were just like, man, let's go to Nobu. We were just we just had a day off. And it was just us two. And we just pulled up. And we were waiting for a table, I think, outside. And then this this dude comes up big dude with this tiny red shirt on <laughs> maybe it's a medium. we don't you know my shirt. I, love yeah, it. I, remember I got the whole visual in my head and this dude comes up it's like yo i'm like what's good he's like you know jordan I'm like yeah yeah it's like yo i'm pep i'm like oh pep yeah i've definitely heard about you and you got us a dope table and you know we were enjoying the nobu and then all of a sudden i see you at our house mm-hmm. like maybe what a week or two later yeah that was the first time that uh <coughs> bob had told Jordan to invite me over to yeah. to go hang out, and then we're yeah, just playing pool. Whiskey shit, Wednesday, right? Whiskey Wednesdays. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were just playing pool, and I was like, "Oh, Pat, what's good, man? Good, how, like, how's how's work?" Da da da. Yeah. And then you know, you all of a sudden you started coming on tour with us, and then yeah, we became great friends. That's wild. Yeah, that's a that's that's if I ever wrote a book, that would be like a chapter. Yeah, that was the inception of our friendship for sure. What, what was your first impression of Pat? When you first, like, when you first really got to meet him outside of Nobu. I mean, I don't, uh, I, it's tough. I mean, obviously, I thought he was cool, like, you know, because I, after Nobu, I hit up Jordan and I and hit up Bob. And was yeah. like, yo, just met Jordan's homie, mad cool, got us a table. So, like, my first reaction was, like, this dude's really nice and really sweet. And, you know, I think, we, you know, I just think he's cool. Yeah. I didn't really think much of it. Like, we were just going to Nobu just to eat some food. But, uh, you know, and that was, Jordan was just recently... Just started working for Bob, he, I think. So it's funny. You guys, when we met, you guys just got done. You guys just finished up the Incredible <clears throat> True Story tour. Yeah. And I remember going up to you guys and looking at you and being like, you're Bobby Campbell. And right. looking at Bobby Campbell and being like, you're six. <laughs> yeah. Completely wrong. <laughs> but Yeah, but the funny story, too, is like I didn't really know Jordan that well yeah. at the time, too. So I didn't you know really make much of it but just getting to know you guys more and more it's just it's great that you guys just you know started to work work for him and just became close with us it's great oh yeah so let's start from the beginning man um born in is it is it bowie maryland so i was actually well i was born 
if you want to get super specific, I, I was like, born yeah. in Silver Spring, Maryland at Holy Cross Hospital. Okay. But then, yes, grew up in Bowie, Bowie, Maryland, my home pretty much my whole life. Yeah. Up, up until I was about eight or nine. And then we just moved kind of down the street. But it was a different city, but it was like pretty much right next to Glen, Glendale, Maryland. So, and then lived in, so Bowie and Glendale, PG County, really PG County. If you know me, you know, I rep PG Oh, County, yeah, hard. So, yeah. And so my thing is being a, like your childhood, right? And I, I look at it like like my dad, oh, my, my family's a minority. My dad, he mm-hmm. was an immigrant from El Salvador. And I know with you having two immigrant parents, mm-hmm. education is, 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 is the, the, like the number one thing everyone says, you know, it's the number one thing. How was it? And I'm fast forwarding it because I want to get to education. How, how important was that in your household? Education was the only thing in my household. Uh Like growing up from the age of like eight, I had no days off. So I would graduate, I would, you know, summer vacation would start. And then I would start this, like, um, it was called Johns Hopkins summer camp. And I would do it every summer. It was basically school. In the summer, damn, That's yeah, ass. and it was all it was all just to like pad my resume to go to college. So yeah, I was doing that. You know, education was everything. You know, if I didn't get, you know, straight A's, it was a problem. Yeah, so, I I didn't really enjoy it school my whole life, but I did it just for my parents. You know, yeah. and you had to, you had to, you had no other choice. It was if you're Indian listening, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, <laughs> no, I feel you on that. Now, throughout. Being in school and being educated and stuff, where did music come in the mix? I'm, my dad. My really? Da- yeah, my dad is a huge classic rock fan. Like Beatles, Stones, Floyd, Zeppelin, Sabbath, like Deep Purple. My uncle's favorite band is this band, Deep Purple. So my growing up, that's all I would listen to in the house, on the radio. And this is actually when the radio was still great, too. Mm. And Maryland radio was awesome. So I would just listen to all the rock music on the radio then, 99.1, DC 101. Like, these were the stations. Yeah. So my dad's a great piano player, too. People don't really know that. He's self-taught. Yep. And my uncle's a drummer. So did he teach you? Because I know you play the piano. I don't play the piano, like, at all. But you you really? messing on the keys, though. Nah, I, I suck. What's up, Otis? Dude, Otis loves me now. Otis loves me now. Um, Yeah, so, yeah, he played keyboard and piano, but I never, I never learned. I I gravitated towards guitar. That was my first instrument. Yeah, was guitar. Do you remember the first song that you uh, on guitar? Yeah, Ode to Joy. You know that? Yeah, just Beethoven, I think. So I remember it's the first time I got got my guitar was. in fourth grade and i if i passed this test my mom would get me get me a guitar so i passed this test and i got this little classical nylon string guitar and started learning yeah like oh i actually started playing classical so i took classical lessons who was like your uh who's your favorite musician classical wise <sighs> dude honestly i hated it really as a kid i hated it um it's so funny because nowadays like nowadays i love it actually yeah. Like you listen to right. like, like like Beethoven or Chopin, and you're just like, oh, you like I don't know, maybe because age. It's hundred percent age. As a kid learning it, I just wanted to play Metallica and Slayer, and, for sure. You know, rock music. So I was not hearing that. But yeah, my dad. And I like to go back to the question. Probably my dad. Just straight straight rock music growing up Dang. in the crib. Yeah, I'm. I yeah, it was definitely a huge influence for me. I remember you telling me that 
Didn't you used to do a talent show every year? Yeah, <laughs> I did. I did. Damn, you got a good memory. I remember you saying yeah. that. So, before we get into that, yeah. though, before we get into that, I always, during the, the podcast, I like to do two things. One, we like to drink on our podcast. Yes. So I'm drinking a Made West, a local <laughs> brew. Um, Juan's drinking a Made West local brew, and you're doing... What I'm you're- doing a little cocktail, but I do want to try this local brew at some point. But I, I just made a little Jameson ginger Ooh. ginger ale cocktail. You so know? I like to open it right in front of the mic. Get a little ASMR Ooh. moment for everyone. ASMR. And if Juan does this nasty, take a little little sippy sip. That was a good one right there. ASMR ready. Yeah. Hey. You didn't wait for the cheers, Juan. He didn't. He just. <laughs> no, I didn't. Sorry, I can't see anything. Cheers to you. <laughs> You're in your own world because of Otis yeah. right here. I got the barrier. Can I just say Otis? Otis was being all. Um, Weird earlier, but now he loves me. Yeah. Yay. That's his thing. This is a good sign. It is. Very rare. Oh, he oh, might. There he, he goes. But somebody just took a picture in here in the room, so he might go bite somebody's dick. Oh, don't bite me, please. <laughs> go ahead, Otis. You good, Otis? <laughs> Give me room. So now moving on, you were, we were talking about the talent show. Oh, right. So um, in high school, there would be this thing called the uh, Coffee House. That's what it was called. It was called Coffee House. In Maryland. At my high school. Yeah, just at my high school. Okay. And um, it would be twice a year, and it would be run by this dude, Mr. Dembowski, who was our music teacher. And so you would, after school, you would, they would have auditions for it. And he would literally rank the bands in terms of how good they were. So if you ended, if you closed the, sh- the show, you were the best band. Oh, for sure, yeah. So that was like my goal every year to like close the show. And every year I did it, twice a year with my band. I had a couple bands, um, but my my main band in high school was this band called Chapter of Decay. Wow. Ooh. What a crazy ass name. I know. It was, it was just, it was a death metal band. But we were, that was like my main band. We were, we were touring like Maryland, Virginia, Philly. Oh, so you guys were like legit popping. It wasn't just we like We weren't popping. We were just playing like, I don't know. It's, it's hard to say. We were just, we didn't have fans, but we were playing shows at like, we were just young ass kids pulling up to, you know, dive bars as kids playing with adults. So like, that's kind of how it spread around. So people kind of just gave us opportunities and you were playing the guitar. I was playing the guitar. Yeah. Did so you, and you were doing death metal. So did death you have metal, like man. the leather jacket hair across wow. the face? Dude, I'm, I was the same person. I was, that's I dressed the same. I, I had glasses and braces and was chubby. Were you still, ro- were you still rocking dope sneakers? No, not at all. Like I didn't like that. That wasn't a culture for me growing up. Like it was like you get one pair of shoes a year, and I'll that's bet. it. Yeah. Um, no, but like I think that's what made us dope, and like that's what kind of I still try to do nowadays. Mm. Just be yourself, right? It's like, yeah, I probably could have had the leather jacket and the jean jacket and the jean, you know, yeah, the patch jeans and shit. But um, no, I was just myself. Like, yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't have the clothes. Like yeah. I had the clothes my parents got me. Like I'm telling you, we were like. 12 and 13 doing this like going to 21 up bars on like a thursday night and my dad would drive me or the bass your players. pops would take you to the dude, spots my, dude i'm telling you my dad like even though education like you i was, was i was crazy, ask but that, yeah. they were still very supportive as long as i got my work done he's like yo like, you gotta have 4.5 and then you can yeah. go you can go perform at dive bars and stuff pretty much that, that's that's how i grew up in music and word on the street was you were a phenomenal Tennis player as well back in the day. Yeah. I mean, I was, I wouldn't say phenomenal, but I was decent. Could was you decent. have played collegiate tennis? Yeah. I, yeah. Uh, you got to sure. be pretty phenomenal for that. For sure. That's what I'm saying. I, yeah. I yeah. Played, but I wasn't, I was probably playing like 
number three doubles or something, you know? But yeah. I could probably could have. But yeah, t- I love tennis. I love tennis. Yeah. Music and tennis was my shit just growing up. Really? Yeah. Did you ever have, what was your, uh, what was your theme song or what was like your, your, so your song that you would like listen to before you go into a tennis match? Ooh. I know it's very broad, but like if you can think of one Back particular then? time. Yeah. So this was like, I would say this is high school time and I was right. This is when I first started getting into rap because graduation by Kanye came out 2008. Mm-hmm. So that was my going into my freshman year of high school. So, which is funny. I always tell people it's weird. I do rap now. Like I'm in the hip hop world or whatever. Cause my whole life growing up, I was not, I got into hip hop on graduation. Kanye really. Kanye, yeah. Damn. Cause I heard that Elton John flip. Yeah. Cause my dad's, my dad's the biggest Elton John fan. I'm, I'm the biggest Elton John fan. So when I heard Kanye flip Elton John, yeah. I was like, you can do that. Like that's crazy. <laughs> Is so, that what you listen to before rap? Yeah. Elton John. Yeah. That's what Classic rock. Yeah. All classic rock and, and the rock that, that came out that time, like early 2000s rock, mm-hmm. like the Strokes and Interpol and Chili Peppers and all those. Like, that was my jam. That was my jam. Yeah. And then got into rap and just fell in love with it through sampling, really. When did you start sampling? From the very beginning. Like when you were 12? Nah, when I first started making beats, which was like 20. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Because I didn't, I listened to rap. Through high school, still wasn't producing. But you were just, you were still in your band though, right? I was still in my bands, but I was starting to listen to rap too. And it was like, you know, I loved, you know, playing metal. I still love playing metal, rock music. I love making rap music too. So I just had to do both, really. Yeah. And really, and my boy Owen, um, who was like the dude in our school, Ob, who who was making beats, and he would be like, "Yo, can you come over and play guitar on this beat?" I'd be like, "Bet, sure." And then just slowly started oh i'll let me buy a drum pad just for fun yeah let me download fl studio just for fun and then uh, just fell in love with it and just couldn't stop yeah jeez so moving forward after high school you ended up going to the university of maryland yeah university of maryland college park and your degree or i mean you were studying what studying to be a yeah i mean so i was in my undergrad um double major physiology neurobiology which was bro no producer probably has that on the resume well i didn't graduate so (laughs) i I, I can't put that really on but how close were you though dude i was probably like 30 credits i think no way yeah which is crazy because i can still go back and like yeah i never thought i would go back but i sometimes have the itch to go back and just Just to have that yeah like bro if i'm like not doing anything when i'm like 35 yeah fuck it 36 or whatever my you know take a semester and get a get a get a degree so i mean yeah we'll see we'll see i don't know yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm still trying to do do stuff in music you know but once i feel accomplished maybe you never know that'd be fun yeah but sorry what was, what was your oh yeah so neurobiology physiology and yeah all my homies did it too so like that's kind of why i did it too like all my homies were, were mad cool into music but then we were also were like on our school grind that's super rare. Yeah, yeah. Because usually it's just like one homie who's like all about school and the other ones are like Dude, troublemakers I, or vice versa. Yeah, that's why I went to Maryland because I had I was about to go to University of Pittsburgh because I had I got a full scholarship to to Pitt. Uh, academic or? Academic scholarship nice. to Pitt, yeah. Um, 
But then I was like, man, let me just stay in Maryland because I got all my boys with me. Like, did Maryland offer anything, or is there a little bit? It's in state, okay. So it's yeah. cheaper. Just staying know? close. Yeah, so yeah. just staying close. But I still got to live on the dorms, and that's that was a big part too. But if I if I didn't go to Maryland, I probably wouldn't be here to be honest, because yeah. that's where I met you know logic and everything. So, um, and then you used to back in, during the college days too. You used to do beat battles. Oh yeah. So yeah. explain those because when I think of and 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 call me corny or whatever, but when I think of like a beat battle, I think of like stomp the yard, you know, where it's like yeah, one, it one, is, one dance crew against another dance crew. <laughs> it is, it but, is. But, it's the same concept. Is but did that. you have like your squad behind you as you're like like yeah. pressing? Well, so it <laughs> was. <buttons. laughs> I'm, I'm just saying because I don't know. Kind of. I don't know the what, what's the board. The uh, okay. So 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 I'll break it down. Pretty right. much um, on U Street at this place called Bohemian Caverns. Once a month, they would do beat battles, and uh, you just sign up for it, and it's all crowd reaction based. So it's like, let's say you're a producer and I'm a producer. It's like, all right, Big Pep, sixty seconds from your first beat. That sounds hard. Big Pep Pep beat. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) And then it's like, all right, the official, which was my my me and Ob's group. We we always did beat battles together as the official. That would you guys cool. would you guys spell it that way or do you guys have a weird way? It was just that it? way because that was a Dilla song that we both loved. Mm. Yeah, there's this Dilla Dilla Malib song called The Official, and we we're like, damn, that should be our name because we're just Dilla yeah. Malib stands. So we we're like, we're the official, and that's how I got my start. Just that's that's how Bob found me though because I want to be through battle. a B battle. Yeah, I want to be battle. Did he go to it or did yeah. he just hear about it? So he actually opened up for the B battle. Oh, okay. Yeah, so like the B battle was so popping in dc at the time they would have local artists open up for us like it wasn't producers opening up for the art it was the other way around which was dope and i wish they still did it but yeah we were just i would just get a reputation me and ob would just get a reputation like we were just good like we would just shit on everybody to be honest did you guys have like a strategy like all right we're gonna start off with this and then eventually we're gonna end up with this and then we're gonna end up with the fucking boom yeah yeah and was it all and it had to be your own beats that you made yeah 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 i mean i can't you can't go up there and play but i'm saying because you but could you sample yeah 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 you can do whatever you want as long as you made the beat i mean some people might have played shit they didn't make i don't know but for us yeah this was like you know i was in my ninth wonder just blaze Beat, like what year was that? Twenty what? This is twenty ten. Damn. Yeah, two thousand ten, two thousand eleven, and this was right right when Logic was like starting too. So like we both ended up at this event, and uh, he opened up for it, and I ended up winning that beat battle that night. And then he hit me on Twitter and was like, "Yo, I heard you won the beat battle. I had to dip out, of course." He's like, "You did his shit and then dipped out." <laughs> and he's like, "Yo, I heard you won the beat battle. Let's link up." And I was like, bet, let's do it. And then I just went over to Mary Jo's crib, and then we started started working. Started cooking. Yeah, we made the, the joint one, the, the wow. Frank Sinatra joint. That was the first joint we made, like, in the same mm-hmm. room. Yeah, in Mary Jo's attic. That's wild. Yeah. Question. How do you think your life would have been like if you would have graduated and became a doctor? Like, what do you see? Like, what, can you even see it? Like, like. Doctor, I, I would have hated it probably. You think so? Yeah. Even if like on the like on on the side or on a hobby, you could have been making beats or selling or, or still playing them. music and yeah, yeah, that would have been. I would have done it for sure. That would have been cool, but I would have been so unhappy probably. Like you know, just I mean, school at that time was not it for me. Like mm-hmm. I was already, but you were. You know, I'm sure you were. You were a very good student. No, 
and I mean, yes, up until college, until I started really getting into music. Oh, okay. And I would withdraw from semesters without like my parents knowing. Oh shit. Yeah, they would just. I'll be like, yeah, sorry, like I failed all my classes, so I had to withdraw from the semester. Yeah. Now my last semester, I failed all my classes and like low key on perp. Yeah, yeah. I, I knew what I was doing. Like if you ask my roommates at the time, like. They would just see me making beats at my desk in the dorm room. Like they'd wake up for class and they'll see me on my broken laptop making beats and they'll come back from class. You're still there. And I'm still there. And they're like, yo, <laughs> what did you do? I'm like, bruh. I was like, I hate class, bro. And I would only show up for f- midterms and finals. And the professors would be like, where the hell have you been? How would you do on the test, though? Oh, I would fail. Okay. Yeah, I, I, thought, 100% I, I thought you were going to be like Patch Adams, where yeah, all of a sudden he's like, no, hey, he's, hey, I hey, wish. Hey, okay. Dude, college, you can't you can't BS in college. Yeah. Like, high school, you can. But college, like, they're teaching you new shit. Yep. Like, I was doing, like, organic chemistry four and shit. Like, I can't just show up for I that. I can't even okay, fathom yeah, that. No, yeah, yeah, yeah I can that. do that. Yeah, so... Yeah, obviously, I it was it was rough, and like having my parents find out was rough, and it was yeah, it was bad. But then I moved to LA three days later. So was, how was it telling them for the first oh, time was, that you were gonna? They actually found like they actually found out. I didn't tell them. They like found this paper in my backpack because they they knew something was up. Yeah, and they were just like snooping around, and they were like, "What is this? What is this paper you withdrew?" And I was like, "Oh shit!" And so kind of had to break it to them. What was was their face of disappointment? Oh, just my like, mom started crying and everything. Yeah, oh, no. it, dude, my mom was crying as I was leaving to the airport. Like that's how quick it was. Like I dropped out and then moved to LA three days later. But bro, how, like I'm trying to, I'm trying to like make sense of it. How how dude, how, how does it make? It sense. doesn't make sense. How, yeah. how is it that you're? How was? I mean, obviously you're you're grown, so it's not like your parents can be like, no, stay at the house or no, go back. Like at the end of the day, you're doing your thing. But yeah. Up to up to what point did did they accept it, and then when did they realize like, all right, this was actually the right choice? Like in your career, and I know oh, I'm going, I'm going, yeah. I'm going to like to the further. Like, was it like your big, your first big check or your first big placement that they were like, all right, six, you you yeah, like you did. I don't you know. Did the right thing. I, I I can't really pinpoint it, but I would probably say. Like when they got when we got the Grammy nominations, because like they would they would they would just see it on TV and shit. Yeah, like that was like to them, like, like that's what it that's like, like that most tangible. Yeah, I was gonna say that, that was 20, yeah. that was what twenty eighteen, bro. I didn't get a big check. Like my first ten years, like from like two thousand ten to like twenty seventeen eighteen, like I was doing that shit knowing I was gonna get money eventually. But I left Maryland broke. Like that first house I lived in with Logic, he. You spotted me the whole year's rent up until Under Pressure com- came out. Even even when you when you had that placement on his mixtape Love Jones and it and it started yeah, making that was traction. All for free. That was all free. Yeah, oh, like wow. none of us were making money off that. Like we were all broke. Damn. Yeah. The only the first check I got was Under Pressure. I got like I think I got like ten thousand dollars for the whole album. Damn. Yeah. Did you or like fifteen maybe? And then and then half of that went to rent because Bob held me down for a year so i was like mm-hmm. i gave him all cash like eight thousand bucks in rent or some shit yeah i was like yo thank you da, da. and then yeah and then even then it wasn't even real money but you're yeah, just I mean, like it comes it all comes yeah that's the biggest thing it's like people give up really early 
did you ever did you ever doubt it? I mean, think about it. Like, nah. I, like you leave in Maryland and having having no bread, and all of a sudden it's like, all right, this is eventually it'll pick up. Eventually it'll pick up, and all of a sudden before you know, it's like it's been four or five years. Looking back on it, it's it's scary to think about that I had I had no fear. Like I was just a dumb kid. Where do you think you got that that from? Probably just I don't know, just like in her belief, maybe like subconsciously, not even knowing it. Yeah, that yeah, it was gonna happen. So. Not like in the position you're in. So yeah, what else do was, you have to lose? It was also just like yeah, exactly, straight tunnel vision. And I always told myself I can always go back to school. Yeah, if it didn't work out, and I think my parents knew that too. That's one of the first things you told me too. Yeah. Oh yeah, when Juan, when I first met Juan, like Bob was like, "This is Juan. Tell him to drop out of school." And I was like, "Oh hey, dude, <laughs> drop out of school." And I was like, "Yeah." I mean, I was like, "You probably should, like, yeah. if it's what you want to do." And you know, now we're here. <laughs> that was our first talk. Now, yeah, I'll, I'll never forget that. Actually, take it back. Video set. Do, do, shoot. During those years that, uh, I guess you can call it, you know, quote unquote, you were you were broke. Did you ever question your abilities? Like yo, know, like. My my skills as a producer isn't good enough, or my beats aren't good enough, Hell or, yes. or, or Hell if, yes, like who bro. would even who would even want me? Hell yes, because when we first got signed to Def Jam, No ID signed him, mm-hmm. and No ID was linking him with obviously himself. He was linking him with Hit Boy. He was working with Don Cannon, all all these other big all time these producers. big time producers. Yeah. So like I'm. At the crib, like, damn, like, I got to step my shit up. And that's why the first mixtape, or not the, I mean, yeah, the first mixtape when we got signed to Def Jam was Welcome to Forever. Mm-hmm. So we put out one mixtape before Under Pressure. And I had, like, three placements on there, I think, out of, like, 21 songs or something. And that was, like, the moment for me where I was like, all right, I can't let this happen again. Oh, you, just, you felt some type of way only having personally, three. Yeah. Personally, like, that was on me, bro. Like, I had to make better beats, to be honest. Because I was just, oh. dude, I was just starting. to be. I was just starting making beats when I met this dude. Yeah. So I was still learning and getting better. I was still learning and, and getting better. Yeah, once that happened, I was like, and yeah, once that happened, I was like, never again. And then I, and under pressure and then tits and all that. And yeah. like, I try to do, I try to do a lot of it just because of that. Well, Did I you was, feel like you didn't meet up to your expectations or your own expectations? I was, to je- someone I was else's? jealous, bro. Mm. That's what it was like. I was like, I never want to feel like that ever again. Yeah, yeah. Like, I was jealous of Seasick, bro. Like, he was, he probably had like ten beats on that mixtape. Gotcha. You know what I mean? And I was like, this is my boy. Like, this is my boy. Yeah. I was like, I can't have, I can't let anyone have more beats on this journey. Did you also kind of feel like you let, you let Logic down as well, since like you know he he only gave you three and like. You know, he was covering. Well, the shit. records he cut were he did were great. So I couldn't even say anything. Like uh, you know what I mean? Like the rec- he was working with Key Wayne, Big Sean's producer, you know. He had Swift D, Pac Diz producer, yeah, yeah. like and the it's not like I can say these beats are whack because they weren't. Yeah. They were really good beats. So I just had to step it up. Yeah. I just worked in silence. Like I never really ex- admitted this or said this oh. ever, but that's what that's what that's what that's my mentality. I'm I'm a very like like competitive dude oh facts i just kind of like keep it in and like let the music talk or let the work show so as a as a beat maker and then you feel in this way what what changed probably my work ethic what what was it what was i was partying a lot like partying a lot just a lot yeah in college and shit like i was still trying to party like on tour i was partying when i probably should have just been making music 
But yeah, I was, are you, are you talking about, about the tour that you uh, almost got kicked off? I mean, I did. Oh, you they did get kicked, kicked off. off huh? they, yeah, that. I mean, that was like the that was like the culmination of everything, like my partying ways and uh, debaucherous ways coming to the forefront. And then after that, when I get when when Bob was like, "Yo, you just gotta take some time off, go back to the crib." I was like, bet. And that's when I made, like, gang-related. I made, like, Damn. I'm gone. Like, yeah, all yeah. this just at the crib by myself. Just me and me against the world. Yeah. yeah. Like, that was just when I was like, Bob was like, yo, like, I know you're not that type of dude, like, a partying motherfucker, like, yeah. all the time. Like, just go back home and let's work on work on this album for me. And I was like, all right, cool. And I was, yeah, I just went back and just locked the fuck in. And how many placements did you get on that one? Because because that was a, that was just like I mean that was a shorter record too. That's probably like twelve songs, thirteen songs. So I think I did like more than half. Because wow. the executive producer was technically no ID. Not for under pressure. It was dude. I can't remember. It wasn't no ID though. Oh maybe no. It was yeah, no I think idea. it was right because it, it was the first been. time since when no pressure came out. It was the first time since, since then. under pressure. Yeah. yeah. So no ID. Yeah. Your your first uh, at least from what I remember, the, your first executive producing. Album was Bobby Tarantino. Um, I know, yeah, I know. It was like, like, uh, like Youngson. I mean, uh, YS, YS, four, four, and and No Pressure. I know that, but that was a little later, yeah. But but um, but was but wasn't it? Was it Bobby Tarantino the first one? Yes. Was that before Tits? That was that, that was that was after right tits. after. I think I, I might have ex- executive production on Tits. I can't actually remember. Oh, okay, I think so. Um, I want to say like he always. I think even under pressure, maybe, but I, I think for tits, he, he gave me executive production nice. on that. But um, I think the Bobby Tarantino's one and two were like my first big ones. I think mm-hmm. I did every beat on on those pretty much. If you had to choose, like, because I'm I'm a huge huge Bobby Tarantino fan. Yeah, I know you love that. That's yeah. the the workout. That's the workout, the workout playlist. <laughs> um, and and like you have different. I feel like six has different like personas for each one you know like you said bobby tarantino workout in your face yeah. hip-hop then you have young sinatra where it's like boom bap rap new york meets underground meets you know wu-tang and then mm-hmm. you have no pressure where it was just like it was very M- musical it was musical yeah yeah, yeah. It was well the musical, musical shit we've always tried to do like that's why on like Especially like incredible true story, like musically, we really wanted to focus on like the grand outros and the yeah. grand intros, and I mean that was like the Kanye influence on us. We're just making everything really grand and you know just lush with the strings and synths and everything. And yeah, I mean we love all music, so we I would hate to just make the same type of music all the time. That would get really boring. So. I'll be in a phase where I'm making trap beats, and then the next month I'll be making rock music, mm. and then but but but, make but boom bap shit. But as a fan, I look at it as, and I just I want to be devil's advocate, right? Yeah. But yeah. you, I know you're you 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 do different like genres or different types, but if if it's if it's doing well, and you say yeah, you get bored, but if it's working, mm-hmm. why change it up? Or you mean doing well as in like streams and sure yeah let's just call it that yeah like, like it's tr- accepted well it's successful yeah. right yeah um yeah we probably could but I treat being creative is more valuable than that I think like yeah I'd probably be making a lot more money if we just made BT eight 
but yeah, it's it doesn't you know it doesn't get you know it doesn't make my balls itch like <laughs> you know what I'm saying like when I was trying to find I, the, I was yeah, trying to I was trying like, to find like the laugh button but I forgot which one it was, I think it was uh, <laughs> hold on. no Sheesh. but you know what I mean it's like you can't you can't watch the wire five times in a row <laughs> like you're gonna get you're gonna get bored as hell so you yeah. know. You watch The Wire, and then you watch Silicon Valley, and then you watch, you know... Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad. It's like, you got to have the variety in yeah, it. Yeah. I treat it the same way with making beats. It's like, I can't make eight Keanu Reeves in a row. Like, yeah. I, I can't. I just... If I've done it already, I, I it doesn't make me excited to do it again, which is where I'm at now. It's like, I don't even know what I'm trying to make right now, because I'm not, trying to not do anything I've done before. In the yeah. It's like, nothing. So That's right. And it, yeah. it like, I've noticed... Being on the outside as a fan, I always thought you guys made beats specifically for certain albums. But then I realized you guys just make music all the time. And then it just yeah. ends up being on different albums. Like shit you thought was going to be on this one. Nah, it ends up being on this one. I mean, you've seen my so you process just kinda, yeah. of like, I'm like, hey, I got some beats. Yeah. And you just like give yeah. him a, a bunch and then he picks yeah. from there. It's stupid. Playing beats. I've always said this. Playing beats for artists is, uh, it's like a talent. Like you got to know when to play them. Mm. You, you got to know what mood the art like you can't just make beats and be like yo i got beats yeah, yeah. I, I could like i can probably send people like 100 beats right now but it's like i'll catch logic at like 2 a.m in the studio like yeah i got this beat and then we'll we'll make a song right then and there but if i played that same beat the next day at like whenever it yeah. probably wouldn't have worked so you have to know where like the artist is at mm. and then like str- like strategically play beats for which is like what i think i'm kind of good at where I was like, because I've sent him so many beats before, like on text messages. Oh, yeah. And then, you know, like no response, didn't do anything to it. Then I'll play him the same beat in the studio. He'd be like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> like, you know, just, just got some shit. Just got some shit out <laughs> yeah, of nowhere. Yeah. That's where your uh, DJ life comes in. Yeah, exactly. Back to- yeah, yeah. You got you to gotta know when to play the, play the bangers. You brought it up. So you 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 were a DJ. You were actually Logic's first. I can't even say I'm a DJ, bro. I was on tour with him playing his music yeah you were just pressing <laughs> the space button. bar yeah i was dj space bar that's what i was that's yeah. so funny yeah um yeah i mean because we didn't he was like yo do you want to come play be my dj and then we'll work on that album mm-hmm. on tour and i was like bet let's do it so yeah we didn't dude we were on our own like we did the shit from the ground up bro like we didn't know djs like we didn't know djs bro. Yeah. like so we had to, we had just had to get it where we could. So I was like, yeah, sure. Oh, you need my you need my dad's whip too, but yeah, let's go. <laughs> so going going, you brought up your dad again. Yeah, your parents. I feel like were always, even though in their eyes you might have made like a poor decision early on, mm-hmm. they still always supported you. I remember you said that your dad yeah, one did. year during during a tour let you borrow their Nissan. Yeah, I mean the, our first tour we and ever you crashed did. it. And we crashed it. Yeah, <laughs> damn, dude, it was a. Yeah, so first tour ever, we needed a car, and uh, I remember, I remember doing it, doing an exam in school, leaving the leaving the classroom and getting a text from from Bob like, "Yo, we need a we need a whip. Like, can you ask your dad? Like, can we borrow this whip for like a week and a half?" Mm-hmm. And I was like, "All right, I'll try." And then somehow I finessed it. I don't know what I told him. Maybe I told him some other shit. Like, I'm I don't know if I told him we're going on tour. I need the car. I probably said some other yeah. shit like, "Yo, like I've been." You know, it's hard to go to class. Like, I can't walk to class. Oh, like, can yeah, I get the whip yeah, yeah, or something? Yeah. I don't know what I said. Like, I doubt I said that we were going on tour. So somehow we finessed it. And yeah, I mean, you can read it in, in in Bob's book, but pretty much it was a blizzard in Chicago. 
and I was driving the whole the whole country. Like I was the one driving, bro. I, you would never see me do that shit ever again because yeah. I don't want that responsibility. But I mean, Bob didn't have. I don't think Bob had a license. Maybe he did. No, nah, he didn't get a no. license until he was twenty five. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. he couldn't drive, and then Chris Zaru was like on the on the phone, so he couldn't drive, and so it was my. I was like, all right, cool, and then. Pulled up into a blizzard. It was a blizzard in Chicago. <laughs> yeah. Backed up into a dumpster. And yeah, <laughs> just, dude, I'll never forget that noise. It was like crazy. Did your, did your like <laughs> fucking balls just go up to your throat? You're just like, oh my God. Dude, the I'm first so thing that happened scared. was like Bob and Chris just started dying laughing. They just, <laughs> they just, just so fucked up. They just burst out laughing. They're like, it, it happened. It is what it is. It happened. So it wasn't like a <laughs> massive, like, like, like crash, it was just you just hit some shit. Dude, no, it was massive. The oh. whole back window of the SUV. <laughs> no, yeah. So we got you know finished the tour with the blanket in the window and <laughs> like the garage badge when they yeah. they flapped. Because yeah. <laughs> we were staying at a hotel, so we just took the bed sheets. How much longer was that? It was, Left dude, the Chicago trip. was the f- second show, I think. So we had like no way. Yeah. I mean, Jeez. we only had like six shows probably on that tour. Oh, okay. five shows. yeah. We were doing like a little Midwest tour, yeah, you know, yeah. those, those like the Blind Pig in Ann Arbor and still though in the middle of winter. Reggie's at Chicago. Yeah. In the middle of winter. Um, so yeah, it was, I mean, it's, it was a dope experience. Yeah. Like it was yeah. a, it's a memory I'll have forever. Um, how did your upbringing or where you came from influence your, like your skill set? you know? Cause obviously like, mm, that's a good question. Yeah. Mm. It's not my question. I'm be honest. I, before before we started this interview, because I know having you here is an honor. Oh shit! So I actually hit up a couple of the homies, and they sent some great questions, and I asked a oh, couple. Of, I actually asked a couple of the fans as well. Oh great! Yeah. Um, you're saying like my environment, like where I grew up. You think or like but yeah? What, what I mean, like, like, like me? yeah, like yeah. the influence, yeah. the culture, the. I mean, I know like there's a lot of hoopers. Also, yes. like I mean, just you know Maryland, like Maryland DC culture, like. Yeah, basketball, you know, music, hip hop. That was that's everything for us out there. Like sports, sports and music to to us is is everything. That's like all we do. Like yeah. all we did was play outside, you know, play hoops, play soccer, play football. But I, I think too, like DC and Maryland is a melting pot, right? Of like, like in my band, it was me, an Asian drummer, a white guitar player, a black bass player. So it's like I was all my friends were different races, different yeah. cultures. So I was exposed to that so early. That's probably why I like so much different type of music too. Just cuz like all my friends were like different things, but we all fucked with each other. Like even though we all might have like different music and different sports, like mm-hmm. we all somehow fucked with each other. And I, I just know, I think just the acceptance of just like I was I don't know we just were brought up like that like yeah. I don't know how it is like any other any other place but you know we had like cultural diversity like from the get go yeah from elementary school I was seeing everybody so that definitely plays a part I always say that and yeah I don't know it's just I don't know sometimes you just get lucky and you find a passion I don't know a lot of people don't no you're like, right yeah I just got really lucky that I learned at eight years old what I wanted to do just music my whole life yeah then when did you become such a i mean going from 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 music to to sports when did you become such a like a a fan of of sports you know what's crazy um so growing up before all the music stuff i was a huge fan as a kid mm-hmm. and then once i really started getting into music i didn't focus on anything else 
like from like 2009 to like 2016, 17, it was straight making beats. It wasn't like I wasn't checking up on sports, basketball, nothing, bro. And so I found my love again recently, like 2017-ish, when like did did some shit in the music business, had some time to like actually watch some games. But the biggest thing I would say that got me back into loving basketball was was KD. When he when he signed with the Warriors, yeah, there was an article on Sports Illustrated, I think, that came out and was like, I was riding around listening to Forty Four Bars, trying to make my decision. Yeah, and I was like, damn, bro. Like, and you produced that song. Yeah, and I was like, that's crazy. And so I was like, as soon as he signed with the Warriors, I started following ball like heavily again, yeah. and that's kind of what brought me back. Just like knowing, like I had some kind of input on his decision, yeah. like kind of selfishly, I'm like, oh, let me see what he's doing. But yeah, I don't know. I think it's just an escape for me. Like I do music so much, so when I turn a game on, it's kind of my escape. Is that I was talking? I was asking Juan about it too, because I know, like, with Juan and when he draws, his ambiance is like, you know, he has good music, he has lights going on and stuff. Um, with you, yeah. do you have? Do you have? Uh, Games, you have ESPN. Oh, yeah. Do you have movies? Do you, or do you get into games? Sp- really, games. And the funniest thing about that does too, it have to be basketball or just ESPN? Oh, uh, it can be anything. Okay, it could be tennis, it can be basketball, it can be football. I love, I love all sports, but yeah. I'm trying to get into soccer. Whenever I can see it, I try to watch it. Um, but yeah, usually if there's a game on, I'll have it on the background. But the craziest like synchronicity in my life is like I'll be making a beat watching tnt and then that beat i'm making right now i hear on tnt that was gonna be my next you know question saying? bro yeah yeah yeah, yeah. like i remember making amen while watching a game yeah and then the next season that was the tnt like when the season started like they the intro oh, yeah the playoff intro for, like right? the black lives matter movement and all that all that dope stuff yeah. and i was like that's like that's like full circle bro do you, do you remember yeah. do you remember your first placement on on tv on tv deeper than money wow deeper than money was on tv dude i was that's bobby tarantino one right yeah yeah T one i remember being i was watching a game on my couch with lenny lenny was was i think lenny was like visiting and or something like we were just hanging and, and we were watching a game and all of a sudden i hear i hear this beat yeah, yeah, like yeah rocking and then i look over at lenny and we just both just like bust out laughing because it was damn. deeper than money. We're like, damn, that's like we're just sitting here on the couch. It must have been so dope watching yeah. the shit and just heard it. Yeah, it was fucking crazy. Yeah, yeah, it was. But it was like the perfect thing for me, like because I love ball. So to hear it to, to on that, it's like the perfect like sync placement. I feel like you know. Yeah. Do you think sports started to, at some point in uh, influence the beats you make and how you made them and? Um, I'm sure they did. Like subconsciously, I'm not thinking about it, but it's the vibe it gets. Yeah. You know, it's like when you're working on a, on a beat and he's, you know, you're seeing the game on. It definitely affects it. I yeah, don't know. I, I couldn't tell you how because it's not. I don't know. If there's like direct. Well, I guess it's like the same but, of like earlier what Pep said with workout music. And yeah, it's something you want to hear to get pumped before a show. Or- yeah, I mean, that is true. Like having that on while I'm making a beat and if it kind of like fits, like that's definitely a good yeah. thing too. You know, like. Even with movies, like, if it's, like, a movie on that's, like, or, like, YouTube or something, and it's on mute, and, like, the vibe is, like, 
it's like slicing the video yeah. like that's so you know it's, it's dope so yeah that, that definitely, well, definitely what's, what, what's your what's your what's your movie of choice because every time like me and you kick it especially if we're at bob's house or wherever we watch movies where's yeah. like what's your movie that you put on even if it's muted and you're just watching just the the the, the picture but you're just like oh, i can't get probably enough of like it. rush hour too or like really like that. <laughs> yeah like the rush hours or like uh i don't know like some like maybe like a tarantino movie nice um any anything like that uh a lot of youtube too though like i watch a lot of youtube um youtubers and it's random random youtube random videos stuff. yeah like random shit i don't know i'm like i like chill shit when i'm when i'm cooking like nothing too crazy nothing too deep so yeah it's i kind of keep it lighthearted. do you do you prefer being like uh where do you where do you where do you uh where have you made your best beats like usually just at your crib is yeah. it like do you go somewhere i make the best beats at the crib like um there's like not much footage of me like making beats no none i just <laughs> they just appear yeah. out of nowhere somehow um yeah it's just me at the crib it's not it's not that crazy nice. it's just me at the crib working that's all i that's all yeah like i mean in a public setting it's it's definitely different um i made some i've made some dope shit on the fly mm-hmm. like that but for the most part i like to just be kind of just by myself that's where the best stuff comes out i think no pressure really from anyone else you can just do whatever, do whatever you want um earlier when i introduced you i called you like a sports uh enthusiast right <laughs> yeah why do you think and i was talking to juan about it i was like i want to ask him why is it that sports and music have such a correlation with each other meaning like i feel like that's a great question like you know you got, you got lonzo you got Dame you're saying every every athlete wants to be a rapper and every rapper wants to be an athlete pretty yeah much. why I, I why know. i mean it all goes hand in hand right it's like what is Harden listening to before the show or before the game? He's listening to Baby. The baby, yeah. He's basically listening to a Little Baby. So it's like, I mean, you know when you work out, right? It's like the artists that get you pumped, right? Don't you want to like meet them and oh, facts, them? you yeah. know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. Little Baby is getting Harden to score fifty points on you. So it's like that has to play some kind of some kind of role. You know what I mean? I don't know. It's a weird correlation. Like a lot of musicians definitely want to. Like I want to be a fucking athlete, bro. Like, yeah. I don't know. That should be cool. I think because we can't do it, it's like a dream. Like we can't do it, so that's why we're musicians. You know what I mean? It's like, do, you, do you think it's so? Do you think it's so dope? Like I know, like you and you know Kevin Durant are homies, and yeah. uh, some other NBA players. Like when you when you become familiar with an NBA player, or when you think familiar, or when NBA players become familiar with like rappers or producers, do you think it's some type of like? It's definitely a bond. It's like a bond. It's yeah, definitely like a bond. Yeah. I don't, yeah, it's definitely, a, I don't know, because we're both and entertainers. At, so we, and we understand each other, I suppose, you know? You guys are the 1%. Yeah. I, yes. Yeah. yeah because, because also, because think about it, man, that you're a producer and a successful producer, and there's not many of you. Just like, you know, uh, Kevin Durant is an NBA player and a successful NBA player, and there's not many. So the, you guys have different, um, I think you hit it on the head, though. Yeah, you guys have like, you guys have different problems. But, you guys have different like like wins. Well, I think it's mutual respect and a respect. Yeah, right. It's like we know what it takes to become a successful musician, right? I'm sure it's the same thing to become a successful athlete. Mm-hmm. So, like, I think we, you know, musicians and athletes can both respect that mindset of like, you know, you have to put in hella work to get to where you are. So, like, athletes respect that, musicians. 
you know, musicians respect that athlete. So I think that's where that's where it comes from. You know, like Drake is the biggest artist because he works hard, and it's like KD is the big is the best player because he works hard. It's mm-hmm. like that mutual respect. You know that you got to that point because of the work you put in. So yeah, I think that's part of it too. For if, sure. If you could be a if you could be a pro a pro athlete? no a pro hooper pro basketball player uh-huh. in any era. Who would you be? Like game wise? Yeah, if you were like your game wise. Yeah. Probably KD, bro. Like <laughs> this dude is seven foot and can do everything. Yeah. Like what can he do? I mean, obviously there's Michael and LeBron, but I mean KD's got a he's a Hall of Famer. He's got a great career. What about tennis player? That question Excuse was me. actually Federer, come on. That that question was uh from Mr. Mr. Oh, J, Mr. J Fly right here. He, bro, he like, Federer, dude. Federer is my favorite athlete ever. He's probably my favorite athlete ever, yeah. But, really? Uh, yeah, yeah. Him Why? And, bro, he's just he's just the GOAT, bro. Like, this dude won 20, even though Nadal and Djokovic, yeah. we can get into a whole tangent. But Federer came out, like, with, like, grace and elegance. Like, his one-hander, backhand, his forehand serve, like, it was all, like, perfect, bro. And he was just, a, he seemed like a cool dude, you know? I think it's just... Nope, nope. Ooh, there you go. Federer. Federer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Only took me three tries. (laughs) Dude, I mean, I've seen him play my whole life. Like, you know, do you feel like thousand? Yeah, you kind of feel like, like you you grew up with him. Like definitely for us, it was like Kobe NBA. Like you grew up with him. Yeah. Yeah, Kobe to you maybe not as strong as me to Federer because like I know you love Kobe, but Federer is up there, bro. Like, and he's still. A fucking class guy, man. Like, even though he might retire soon, but he's still my favorite. Of course. Yeah. What's up, guys? Thank you for tuning in to yet again another episode of Pep Talk. We appreciate you guys so much. We cannot stress how much we appreciate your guys' support. We love you guys. Hope you keep listening. Hope you keep enjoying. Thank you so much to Six for joining us. It was great having you on the show and getting to hear your whole story. It was very inspiring. You can follow him at 6VMG on Instagram. Thanks again, as always, to our sponsor, Persistence Culture. You can follow them at Go Persistence Media. You can follow Big Pep and I at Big Pep 3342 and me at Juan's Arts. Thank you, guys. Peace.